Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. Lock the gate! All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. How you feeling? Everything okay? How'd that thing turn out? Yeah? Did you get the test back? It's good? Oh. All right, well, you just got to see what happens. Today on the show, Sissy Spacek is here. That's a lot of S's for me. As some of you know, I have a slight but uh, barely noticeable list because I don't say my S's correctly, nor do I say my R's correctly. All right? That's why Grarana is very difficult for me. And thank you for the emails about how to pronounce Grarana. But uh, it doesn't matter now. I'm not doing that today. That's not part of the show. But Sissy Spacek's a lot of S's. <laughs> Sissy Spacek and Squarespace, a lot of S's today. And I think the more I, I don't want to, I don't want you to focus on it. But, uh, but I'm excited to have her. Uh, it, was an, it was a very pleasant talk, as she's a very unique being, Sissy Spacek, one of the great actresses of her generation of all time, continues to be that, and she's, uh, she's unique. I mean, you saw Carrie. I mean, you, maybe you'll go see old, The Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford, which is in theaters right now uh, in select cities, but um, Sissy Spacek, Badlands, you saw that too. I mean, she's almost otherworldly. Uh, Sissy Spacek. So when she came in, it was, uh, she's very, very nice, very grounded person. Very, uh, she's from Texas. Texas. You ever driven across Texas? That's a long fucking day or two. Woo. Yeah, because I once had to cut up from the Gulf all the way through to New Mexico, northern New Mexico. I went on the diagonal all the way through Texas. And uh, you just sort of drive. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, is that a town? Hey, Eric, was that a town? Was that, it looked kind of like one. There was a, an old truck there and a place that had a door. It was it just a lot of that. And then there are big cities, but a lot of like, oh, what's this? Is this store? Oh, oh no, that's, that store hasn't been opened in, wow, a long time. Jeez, how old's that tractor? Hey, is this a, hey, is that a town? Nope, nope, it's not. I don't, I don't even know what that is. That's uh, that's my impression of driving across Texas. Hey, look, some hills, kind of. Well, are we over them? Yep, that was it. Seems kind of dry. I remember I got pulled over in Texas, and the cop asked me what I was doing in Texas. I said I was doing comedy, and he uh, just looked at me and laughed and let me go. How often does that happen? That was back in the day. Back in the day, people. So 
What is on my mind? Did, did, oh, shit, did the president text me? Yeah, I wonder how those presidential alerts are going to be popping up. This guy just cannot be in our fucking faces, up our asses, in our brains, in our ears enough. It's just the more he stays in the news, the more we got to see his face. I'm so tired of his face. And then his tweets. I don't follow him on Twitter. But now I guess he can just text everybody. Text things like, "Uh, it's not safe to vote today. Yeah, wait for that text. Wow. I guess he was worried that uh, not everyone was on Twitter. So, I mean, what do you give him? Two weeks before the presidential alerts or just his shitty tweets? Man. Exciting as we slowly normalize the complete immersion into this Trump ego. Just like, yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it is weird until the presidential alert. Hey, it'd really help out if uh, some of my uh, people could uh, attack California. Wait, what? I live here. That's, I guess that's not for us. Is that, that's a joke, right? Hey, what, why do I hear trucks outside? Setting some scenes today. Ah, update on the Joker. Don't know when I'm going to be shooting yet, but it's coming. It's coming. I know my lines. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to launch. Uh, This uh, seats for tonight, Thursday and Saturday at uh, Dynasty Typewriter here in L.A. are sold out. So that's nice. That's a good thing, right? You know what? I want to tell you this. Yesterday, I spoke to my old buddy, uh, Ted Alexandro, for an upcoming WTF episode i've known ted a long time he's a new york guy he's a queens guy he's a solid guy uh you know very uh, earnest honest funny dude you might have seen the, the little uh, viral thing that uh, he did from the cellar about uh, louis and the culture we live in but uh i never really had an opportunity to talk to him he was on a live one a while back but he's got a special coming out it's uh, it's called uh, Senior Class of Earth. It's available today from All Things Comedy. You go to atcspecials.com to get it. And uh, you can watch it. He's a very smart, very funny guy. We just couldn't sync it up uh, to put his episode on today because this is basic as today. Uh, but go check him out. And that'll be up in a few weeks. It was, a, it was a good comic talk. It was smart. We talked about purpose. That's what it is. What's your purpose? Um, if it's not clear to most people, I can't take it. I can't. I, you know, I can't. It's relentless what's going on. Brett Kavanaugh, jock douche, partisan hack, probably going to get confirmed. You know, I just, I guess this is just my semi weekly PSA. I hope the voting works and I hope you do it presidential alert i'm president for life go fuck yourselves winning oh that was another lunatic (laughs) believe me presidential alert Mm -hmm. i you know i've got a lot of things going on in my mind and we just have to go on with our days despite the fact that there is just this vibrating dread of a diminishing future hanging over us. Where's the hope? I got some hope. Maybe a, maybe a nice email. Maybe a nice email would be nice. Right? Wouldn't that be nice? A nice email? Here's one. Subject line. Please help. My dad really likes your podcast. Won't shut up about it. How do I make him stop talking? Me and my mom suffer daily from this. Please respond. What? And then like, like <laughs> the next day, again, same guy. 
By the way, he just bought merch, so it's getting worse. Hey, just be thankful, all right, that you have a dad that likes to talk about something, I imagine, relatively interesting. I'm not saying I'm interesting, but okay, I guess what I'm trying to say is that I don't think my father has listened to one of these, all right? So shut up. No, you know, say hi to your dad for me. Tell him I'm happy he's listening, and uh, maybe you should start listening. How would that be? Maybe that would be good, and then you could talk to him about me and the guests I have. Yeah, try that. And also, like it just reminded me, I like to take to take a moment to uh, to congratulate my friends Adam and Roxanne on the birth of their new son. They know who they are. I don't need to tell you who they are, but uh, congratulations on uh, Sunny Sweets. That's uh, I'm not. That's the name they chose. The two names, and I gotta say, a couple good names. It's a couple of good names. That's uh, that's great. Uh, yeah, welcome Sunny Sweets to the world. So, Sissy Spacek, um, one of the great actresses. She's in a new film called The Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford, which I saw. And uh, a lot of great people in that movie, man. Tom Waits is in there. Danny Glover's in there. Ben Affleck's in there. uh, Denzel's kid's in there. A lot of great people in the movie. (laughs) And, uh, And Sissy is one of them. She's also in a new Amazon dramatic series, Homecoming, with Julia Roberts. That premieres on November 2nd. And uh, and this is me uh, somewhat uh, nervously talking to uh, Sissy Spacey. It was very comfortable, actually. She's a very sweet woman and a great actress. So enjoy the talk. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature. And now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. You don't live here anymore, do you? I don't live here anymore. We have a place out here. Oh, you do? Just so we don't have to stay in hotels. Right. But most of the time you spend in the country? And Yeah, in Virginia or in actually or in Austin. That's where I'm from. That's all my family's there. So. Right there in Austin? Yeah. Oh, because I thought, like, I noticed, like, this new film shot in Texas. I, I was wondering if it was sort of like, oh, I'm back in Texas. I'm but, back at home. <laughs> yeah. I, I do feel like that. I have I have quite a lot of homes. Yeah. but Texas, I mean, I mean, don't mean, you know. Yeah. Houses. in my heart. Yeah, yeah. But, like, Texas, the original one. That's the original one. And is it, uh, well, I mean, it's in completely, Austin's got to be completely different from when you were a kid. I mean, it's crazy. It is. I actually grew up in Northeast Texas. And Northeast. it's a m- much more rural area, yeah. farming area, kind of the piney woods. Yeah. Oh, there's it's, piney woods in Northeastern yeah. Texas? Oh, yeah. It's beautiful there. It's much like, it's it's where the the 
that whole mountain range, you know, the Smoky Mountains, right. the Blue Ridge Mountains, yeah. the They're all, all up those there. mountains. It starts there and then goes right. up. We just have little hills. Right. There, I, but... I grew up in New Mexico, like in Albuquerque. So like, you know, down in south south New Mexico, southern New Mexico, so it's like Texas. And you drive I mean, I've driven down all the way across Texas and those towns are just they're they're just like four buildings on a highway. I know. And then I love just it. miles of nothing. But I, I mean they're it. farmland. You do love it. Yeah. Oh it, yeah. I, I love I love Texas. Yeah. That's a if that designs your consciousness, it's a lot of space up there, huh? A lot of space. Yeah. A lot of space. And what, how, where'd you, like, what kind of family did you grow up in? Like, what was the business? My father was an um, agriculturalist, uh, soil and water conservationist. Uh-huh. He, did he work for the state? He did. Yeah. And he worked with farmers and, um, you know, yeah. helped them with their crops. And Yeah, tried to was, make it He better. would grow anything. He was, you know, just a, he would bang on the door if, yeah. we were, if he thought we were using too much water in the bathtub. <laughs> he yeah. would bang on the bathroom door. He was way ahead of the curve <laughs> oh, on that. Oh, man, he on, was way ahead of the curve. Conservation of water. Yeah. Because it must have always been an issue there. Because yeah. it's pretty dry. It's pretty arid. Well... It is, but I think that his belief was there's one air and there's one water and we need to protect it. Yeah. Ha, ha, and soil conservation. Sure. Because there's, in, um, you know, he he wanted people to become aware of of pr- protecting their right. land from soil erosion. Right. And, and uh, depleting those, it. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that, and my mother was a, was precious and a um, uh, homemaker. Uh-huh. And was it like, uh, did you live on a big chunk of property? No, we lived in a little house in a little town. In the town. A, a little tiny town, a thousand so, people. So and, he never had his own farm or anything? Um, he did, but uh, that was earlier. Oh, in, oh. in He never had a farm that he worked. He had a, a cotton farm in um, West Texas, out in near Lubbock. Uh-huh. And they, uh, but that was, that was, Another life. Know, before that, was another, you. that was before me. Yeah. He decided he's, he, he's going to get out of that racket. He was just a man of the land. Yeah. He appreciated the land. So he always, like, just driving around, do you have a truck? No, he didn't have a truck. No truck. My my father's family was Czech. Um, Front, like, he's, like, first-generation American? No. Uh, my great-grandfather was, his grandfather was... Uh, they came over from yeah, Czechoslovakia? Yeah, they came over from... Actually, it was uh, Moravia. It huh. was before Moravia, Slovakia, and Bohemia. So it's really Spacek uh-huh. is, is uh, how it's pronounced. Oh, but really? it was never pronounced that way in Northeast Texas. Right. So it became Spacek. So <laughs> they didn't want the, they we're, we're going with that. <laughs> yeah. If there's no H in it without it's written, we're yeah. not going to say the H. And my mother's family, was. <laughs> they were all... Uh, Irish English, so I had, and you know there were no no cowboy boots, no, no. you know no pickup trucks, no, no, never. no. We had you know German sausage, uh-huh. and, and um, you know it was very very Czech that the town where my father grew up, which was in Central Texas, oh, yeah. everyone spoke Czech and and German probably too, and German and spoke and drank. Long neck bottle beer. Yeah, it's weird. I, you know, learning about how the the Germans came to Texas. It's they yeah. brought they brought the polka, and they brought the uh, they, they're accordions. Yes, the yeah, accordions. And, but a love of the land, uh-huh. just a real love of the land. Yeah, and um, 
It's kind of beautiful. It. Yeah, there's still a lot of that. I think I, I imagine that some Texas barbecue is rooted back to the Germans. Oh, yeah, and ch- you know, homemade pickles. Oh and yeah, yeah, relish, oh, and it was they brought all wonderful. that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really was fortunate to have a a very um, kind of ethnic. Uh, oh yeah. I got to experience that. Uh, ethnicity that the, I've that is it running through my veins. Yeah, and, and well, the Czech's very specific and English Irish. That's pretty tough too. Yeah. You come yeah. from tough oh genes. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. Do you have Do you have relatives that are full on Irish and, and British and like or no? My mother's family yeah. was was like that. They were very. What, what did we ref, we've referred to them as threadbare gentility? Oh, you know? nice. They, yeah, yeah. Uh, but they were. Lovely, genteel uh, family good with people. a lot of love and, oh, that's and nice. not much money. Oh, well, that's but a good. lot of sense. Oh, that's good. Decent people. Good, classy people. How many uh, siblings do you have? Uh, I had a group with two brothers. Yeah, and uh, are, are they? They're not around anymore. Are they around? I have one brother who's yeah, around. Who's around? Yes. Yeah, the other passed away as a teenager. So oh my that God, was, that's that's that was, sad. Yeah, how'd that happen? Said. He died of leukemia. Oh, wow. And how old were you? I was 18 and he was, or I was 17, almost 18. He was just turned 19. That's like devastating. Kind devastating. Of yeah. I had really fabulous uh, parents, though, yeah. who uh, were insistent that it become um, something positive in our lives, that we were able to right. do something with it. Otherwise, you just become paralyzed and yeah and there's you know, a void can't there go on and right bitter and they didn't want that so they were uh, tough people yeah they were tough people and really? they were wise people i don't yeah. know if they were so tough but they were very resilient and right. wise and yeah. uh, religious they, uh spiritual uh, okay spiritual so there, oh that's good so there wasn't a big uh, christian rap on it well i i n- not um my mother was always our Sunday school teacher. Right. She just moved up with us because yeah. she didn't want us to be influenced by any fanatics. <laughs> so she she actually so had the job. I she had the job. Uh, she was, she taught she us said, the school. I will I will be I will bring the the refreshments. Uh-huh. For, oh, so but she, she I had I, I can't compl- I can't blame anything on my anything bad on my parents. Well, they were I, just fabulous. Yeah, but I mean, do you? Uh, what well, I mean, uh, do you have things to hang on other people? You know, like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> particularly now. <laughs> oh, looking back on it, no, no, not, not back from then. No, but no, from but, right here where we are. Sure, sure. Yeah. So like, so in, instead of like uh, being morose, you just you, you guys just kind of. Uh, processed it and moved on from your fo- your brother's death. Uh well, for me it was like rocket fuel. It I realized that I had lived through that. And, yeah. Uh, and um, you were going to take life. I would. I, I could. I could. I could deal. I could handle anything if it, I ha- could handle that. Right. And in my work, that was you know I had so much already. I'd lived so much and felt so deeply. Yeah. Uh, from such a young age, it opened it up. It opened it all up. I had I had a deep well of emotion to draw from. Yeah, at a young age, or like, yeah. it, but it was also like when you were becoming aware of the world. I mean, it, you weren't eight. I mean, you were seventeen. So like, it, it processed. It through. was through uh, most of my teenage yeah. years that he was sick. Yeah. Yeah, it's heavy. So, 
And what did when did you decide to like that acting was the thing that was going to you know satisfy your creativity? Music was the thing for me. Originally, music was the thing that I always did. Um, you play guitar. Played guitar, twelve string. And, oh, nice! And we would play for anybody that would listen. And, and it was that time too. I mean, it was sort of coming into the '60s mm-hmm. with the folk explosion. Yeah. So you had a lot of role models, oh, I'd yeah. imagine. Who were yeah. your people? Who are on you people? Listen, you well, you know, I, 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 I loved people like Crosby, Stills, Nash, oh, and Young, yeah. oh, and yeah, yeah. you know, all, all. Yeah. But I, I remember when I went to um, New York How with two guitars. I was sixteen. So I was there before my brother died. I was there for a summer and then uh, visiting some relatives and and spent time there with them they were in the theater and so i got a glimpse of that it really? didn't make me want to act I, because i didn't n- know how <laughs> but what was new york like then so your folks are sort of like where you can go to new york you wanted to go to new york and and yeah. you spend time with these relatives who what kind of who are they what kind of theater were they involved in uh you know broadway theater oh, really? broadway theater yeah were they producers or actors they were actors geraldine page rip torn they're they your really relatives one, yeah my uh, Rip is my first cousin. His mother and my father uh, were brother and the Spodrick family. And really? He, but he, she was, he, it was torn, Rip torn. Yeah. How's so, he doing? You know, I haven't talked to him in a long time. <laughs> I hope he's out on his John boat fishing <laughs> yeah. and having a great time. Yeah, I saw he's him a, briefly at uh, at the Gary Shanling Memorial. Oh, but yeah. I, I don't that know was him. a great I, show. It was great. Yeah, he was a he was quite a guy. But I, I didn't get to talk to Rip much. You know, he just kind of darted in, yeah, darted paid out. Paid his respects. But Geraldine Page and him were your relatives, and that, yes. so that must have been a pretty lively trip to New York at sixteen. Well, I I didn't know anything. You know, I didn't even know enough to realize how brilliant. But they, they, they seem were. like exciting people. Very exciting people. <laughs> I think that's when I, you know, I just getting to stay with them and meet the people that they. Um, Worked with yeah. and and uh, their friends. Yeah. It was just a whole. It opened up a whole new world. And I, I remember. I bet. I yeah. remember thinking, "Oh my gosh, yeah, I want to, I, I, you know, maybe someday I can join in that conversation." Yeah, it was a while though. Before. Yeah, but but it, it must have been mind blowing. It was mind blowing. But I went there to to do music, and so that you had was your guitars. You know, I was. Did, on a path. Did you go play? Did you get a, uh, like, did you do a show when you were there? I did, did Hoot Nanny Night. <laughs> at what, like the bottom line or something? At the uh, the Bitter End. Oh, the Bitter End, and right. And what was the one that was right across the street? The Cafe Wa? Uh, the Cafe Wa. And yeah. uh, I remember going down and seeing the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band was playing somewhere, but it was in the village. Right. They were and all I down would, there, yeah. I would go down there and take my guitar and sit with the guys playing Pinochle on, yeah. in, in Washington Square Park. And, and you were 16. It must have been yeah. just sort of like, oh, this is it. And then I, I went back and I uh, you know, finished high school. My brother died. I mm-hmm. finished high school and um, went to University of Texas. Uh, For all four years? No, I bailed after rush week. I went, okay, this is not for me. Like, really? Right away? <laughs> right away. Well, one week of rush will do it for you. <laughs> Were you being pressured to be in a sorority? And like... oh, I don't think I was being pressured, but yeah. I had already had, uh, you know, I already had my moccasins and my bell bottoms. And you've been in New and York. My guitar, for and I've been to New York, and I, I just wanted 
I wanted that. Yeah. You know, get out of Texas I, for a while. Well, I loved Texas. Yeah. I always yeah. loved Texas because there was so much happening in the in music in Austin. I oh, mean, sure. it was always, incredible. Huh? Um, yeah. Who were your was favorite? Very uh, progressive. Even then, it was there was a lot going on in Austin, like oh, in terms well, of new Guy music. Clark and you know, it was just a really great pro- yeah. progressive music scene. Yeah. And so I I loved that. Were you writing songs? I was writing songs and because you uh, made one record like in the eighties, but like did you? Was that? No, I think it was much earlier. Oh, it was? Oh, in the 80s, yeah. After I did Coal Miner's Daughter, I did. Yeah. yeah. I but did. you made a record when you were younger? I did. And it was a real, it, it was a really great experience for yeah. me because I wanted to be in the music business so bad. And I wrote songs and I, you know, I'd played in clubs. Yeah. And I met these record people who had a record, had a song. Where were it where was, was this? Already, in Texas? It was in New York, uh-huh. 1619 Broadway, uh-huh. 1650 Broadway. It was the Brill the Building. The Brill Building, sure. Yeah. You remember that? Well, why, I, I know about it. You know, that's where it all happened, where all those R&B and early rock yeah, hits yeah, and Carol yeah. King. Yeah, well, I met and, those guys. Oh, yeah. And they had this song, and they... They had it was produced. They did a beautiful job. It's, yeah. It was called "John, You've Been Too Far This Time." It was uh-huh. about his nude record album. Uh-huh. <laughs> Why am I talking about this? <laughs> yeah, but they needed a girl, and in the door I walked. Yeah, were, okay, it's going to be you. <laughs> I lost my identity. It uh-huh. wasn't my music. Uh-huh. So you know, you it sang. Was, I sang, mm-hmm. and uh, it was after that that I thought, okay, I'm not changing my name. I'm doing my own thing. Right. And, uh, if I fail, I fail. Yeah. I'll fail on my own. <laughs> yeah, not not on someone else's sad project. Well, well, they, you know, they were very talented, and they were just churning out hits. They were just churning out hits, and they thought they had. But one. I met some really wonderful musicians there that then I went on to work with doing, you know, uh, just things to pay the rent. Sure. Like, um, backup singing. Backup or? singing. I sang on the. Uh, Andy Warhol's Lonesome Cowboys film track. You his, did his album, yeah. With the with the group, I was just you know one of the <laughs> one of the group. But you were how old were you? Like nineteen? Yeah, and maybe like, 18. 18, maybe and 18. you you were sort of like somehow got dropped into that. They were group? thinking, what are you doing here? <laughs> he must have loved it. He's like, we got it. I never met. I'd never met him. No, till years later. Oh, really? But we did have a. They did come into the studio at one point and say. They're doing. They need extras, so let's we let's finish up this song and then go over to the this some bar uptown and yeah. and for a movie and for that that movie that oh, we were doing yeah, yeah. the soundtrack right, right. for. So you lonesome cowboys, but we got we ended up on the cutting room floor. Oh really? That but, was my first foray into into film into film. But did you did you? I go, was a failure. No, it had nothing to do with you. It didn't. It didn't. <laughs> I think you did fine. Looking back. <laughs> But did you go to the factory? Did, did you like? I, I imagine that that must have been a mind blowing group of people to be around at eighteen. From I Texas. never went to the factory, but I did. I did go to Max's Kansas City occasionally. Uh, yeah, I, m- most times I was looking in the window. But. Yeah, that must have been. I can't. It must have been a scene. Man. You know all the. You know all the important people ended up in the back room which right. was sort of right you know, i like saw i've seen never, pictures right yeah. john lennon david bowie yeah, lou yeah, reed yeah everyone's hanging out rolling like, stones it uh, was it was amazing yeah but i wasn't in the back room no i was in the front room <laughs> like everybody else or out on the street watching the show <laughs> that's yeah. right so when does uh when do you like turn uh when do you put down your guitar 
Well, I didn't put down my guitar. I mm. I uh, I just you know those doors weren't opening right for me. And you hit, you were at it for a few years, huh? I was at it for for a few years, but I was you know really didn't have a plan. Yeah. didn't have a you know didn't it just wasn't happening. Right. But I kept on. Yeah. But um. Everything that happened to me in the film industry, the film business, was really because of my music, because that would get me in the door. Really? And uh, From the beginning? Uh, from the beginning. Well, maybe they thought I was funny. I don't know. <laughs> so you mean in auditioning, or how did you, you first start acting outside of the showing I, up at a bar for Andy Warhol? It was, it was kind of purely accidental. Yeah. I, I had a friend who was a photographer who took photographs of me, took them to his modeling agency, who was also, they were also a theatrical agency, uh-huh. and and uh, I'm much too small to be a model. I went in with a whole mm-hmm. book, yeah. portfolio yeah. of photographs. Um, of you. Of me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but they said, oh, you know, we have theatrical apartment, go over there, and that's where I met um, my first manager, who was really talented, Bill yeah. Tresh in yeah. New York, and he handled a, a lot of really wonderful uh, actors. And uh-huh. he, he took me under his wing. And did you train? Did you what? I mean, I went to the Strasburg Institute. Was uh, that where it was? Were Geraldine well, and Rip involved with that? They had been yeah. before, and and um, you know they. They were great. They yeah. didn't want to say do this or yeah. do that. Right. They just, uh, you know, encouraged me to get, follow my instinct. So you're at the Strasburg Institute. Was Lee alive? Who was? Who? I went. Yes, he was. I went up in the elevator with him once. Uh huh. <laughs> met him there, but yeah. I was never in one of his classes. No. Who no, was your teacher? His name was Ed Covins. And you stayed there how long? Oh, maybe a year. Uh huh. And this was like straight up method stuff, huh? I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> you guess you that's all. Yeah, it was. I only got as far as sense memory, and then I, and I then never got out. to scene class. Then I was out. But sense memory is, I guess, pretty important. That's sort of the 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 nuts and bolts of it. I mean, if you can do that, yeah, you can I'm, figure a one, out. I'm a one trick pony. <laughs> but the rest is just like knowing where your mark is and talking to somebody. Exactly. But if you can actually embody where you are, I think that's probably most of it. Oh well, <laughs> so, maybe. So what happens? So then you get you move out here. You get you get cast in something there. I got cast in something there, and uh, the irony was though that yeah. when I was cast in New York. And came out to L.A., yeah. they considered me a New York actress, which was really not true at all. But that was it a was, good thing? It was a great thing. It you mean you had integrity of some yes, kind. Yes, yeah, and yeah. you were, uh, but it was, it was all a lie. Uh-huh. It was all a lie. Isn't I was a Texas it? actress <laughs> who stopped in New York for a little while. But, right, but did, did you tell them that? I hope not. Did no, you go, well, I didn't. <laughs> of course not. Why would you? <laughs> And you did like I I I went through the you know all the movies, but you your first role was in Prime Cut. Yes, that movie scarred me. Did it? You saw it when I was a kid. Like it oh was, my it's gosh. like what is it like nineteen? You never ate sausage again. That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it was sort of like I, the one part I remember is when they 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 sent the guy back and as sausages. Like there's a scene in the opening of the movie where they they like uh, it was. We whole were thing, both scarred. I, I bet. Well, you, yeah, you you played one of those women, right? The like where's it? Like one of the women in the in the hay. 
in the stock. Yeah, we were the women in the hay. Oh, my God. Women in the hay. It was a weird movie. It was a weird movie. It had a really wonderful director named Michael Ritchie. Yeah. Who went, went on, on to do, to big do yeah. uh, The Candidate and Downhill Racer with Robert Redford. The and Candidate. Just really, yeah. we wrote some songs together. You and, oh, yeah? Me and him. He and, and I. Did you meet, uh, like, I mean, what was the set like? Did you meet Hackman? Did you meet Marvin? Wasn't it, wasn't oh, it Lee and Marvin and Gene Hackman, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, they were great. Gene Hackman is, was a, he's a prince of a fellow. You yeah. Know? Just a really easygoing, yeah. wonderful guy. Uh, and, and, um, great actor. Lee, great actor. And Lee was, was a great actor yeah, and a, yeah. quite a, Quite a character. He I said bet. to me once, <laughs> I have blue eyes if they are. No, I have green eyes. If Whenever they look blue, stay away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's a good warning. <laughs> what happens? What he, happens? He's a, he was an interesting guy. I think there was a lot of, um, a lot going on with the, with the studio uh-huh. and, and, you know, everybody working on that. Everybody but me. I was having a wonderful time. I thought it was just great. But It's the first set, but right? At, this, but now I realize there was all kind of undercurrents. And, oh yeah, like like uh, like uh, bad behavior undercurrents, bad mm, uh, uh, facing off, you know, oh, and uh, about that power movie? struggle oh, right. between the the studio and the, and the, the director. Art, and oh the really? Director and actors. That happens a lot, though. I guess. I guess. But back then, it was a little more intimate. It seems that like that's what I always find because I've talked to who have I talked to that you know? Nolte was in here. It's kind of interesting talking to Nolte because it's all up there, but you don't know what's going to come out in what order. <laughs> you know, just he's one of the greatest actors. No kidding, ever. Right? Well, the way he talks about acting in terms of like he, you know, he didn't, it wasn't, he came to it in the '60s, but there was a period where he realized he needed to get good at it, and the way he kind of characterizes it, he stripped himself of his ego, like he. He sat in a room and drank or did drugs or whatever the hell he did, but he he just got rid of any idea he had of himself and started there. He would make, he would just write pages and pages and pages of research, of of notes on his character. And then he also, but he also wrote notes on every character in Uh each project he was working on. No kidding. So he was in. Yeah, he was in full. He's totally devoted and you worked with work. him the first time on on heartbeat yeah that was like that like movie doesn't get a lot of uh a, a lot of uh re- like praise but like it was really the first i think attempt at at, at characterizing the beatniks those yeah. guys and he played you played joan cassidy was that it was that her name was it carolyn cassidy. carolyn cassidy and and uh, nick played your husband mm-hmm. neil those and, are tough roles. And John, uh, John Heard played, played Kerouac. Kerouac. That was wild. That must yeah. have been like... He liked it was it. so wild, you have no idea. I don't. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been sworn to secrecy. Come on. What, just the, the, the sense of like getting into character, those particular those characters? Guys, are, those guys, you never really knew what was going to happen uh, on the set or in real life in real life right or on the set because yeah. on the set is real life mark let's okay. face it it is it's set life yeah it's happening yeah. right then but yeah i have to imagine with those two guys it must have been pretty crazy oh my gosh sometimes they would come 
you know, come straight to work from, you know, a long night out. Being up all night. But always, he was, Nick was always on point. Really? And then I worked with him again on, uh, with... um, uh, On Affliction? On Affliction. A lot of years later. Oh my God, he was just so brilliant. I, it's such a. He's really one of the most brilliant actors. He gives. He, he's like his entire being. You know, yeah. he just becomes these. And that was heavy. That, that heavy, heavy. That heavy. movie is like hard to hard to watch, <laughs> get. but wonderful. Yeah, it's brutal, man. Schrader's like a little brutal. Those those scripts. I can't imagine looking at those scripts and being like, okay, here we Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, so after Prime Cut, that's when it takes off, right? Then you, how did you get Badlands? Well, after uh, Prime Cut, I came to Los Angeles, and I, the one of the girls, one of the other Hay girls, yeah, <laughs> girls in <laughs> yeah, the Hay, yeah, uh, we became very good friends, and her family had, had moved out here, out to L.A., uh-huh. and so I moved from New York and and st- stayed with them, and that's how I met uh, Terrence Malick and. And then that was a really a big break for me, huge, because it um, it influenced my my entire life. I don't know where I would where I'd be now if, without if, without that. It's where I met my husband Jack Fisk, who was the production designer, uh-huh. and you know, and Terry, and it's when I began to uh, understand that that film is an art form. It's oh, I not bet. just yeah. that you're you know. A celebrity, right? Huge on the screen. Well, Terry would be the guy. Terrence, he Malick was the would be guy. The, and how'd you like? You did, was the meeting set up by your agents, or you just met him at a party, or how? No, you it was set up by my agents. Uh huh. And you guys just hit it off. We just hit it off. And I and I, I think it's because he's from Texas. He is, yeah. And I'm from Texas, and he, you know, he we connected on many different levels. And like the, the process of shooting that movie with that guy, you know, with that vision. I mean, uh, you know, how did it how did it change your life in terms outside of career wise, but just in terms of how you looked at the art of movies? Do you know? Well, it I, changed everything. Yeah, I had never looked at film as art. Yeah, and that it just oh, it was it was a total and complete transformation for me uh-huh. because I was working with all these wonderful artists and I was a part of it. I had a seat at the table. Right. Yeah. That was what I had always wanted to be a part of this industry or you know, yeah. first it was music, but right. then um Yeah. Uh it was a, a whole new awakening for, for me. Film. It, I thought of film in a whole in an entirely different way. And acting as well? And acting as well. And like so it working with everything. Like, yeah. Like working with Martin Sheen at that point. Oh my God, he was incredible, yeah. and and just you know he would do whatever you needed to do. If cable needed to be rolled up, he yeah. rolled up cable, and <laughs> and you know I I learned I learned from the best. Yeah, I was very impressionable, and um, I got to work with these spectacular artists. Now he was so. pretty new too at that point, wasn't he, Martin? He was actually he'd done a you know he was. In his late twenties or early thirties, I'm uh-huh. not sure, but I remember t- we were meeting with all the young actors in Hollywood, and they were all fantastic. It was like such an amazing position to be in. Yeah, uh, who was in that crew? Like De Niro and those guys? 
Well, you know, I'm trying to think yeah, now right. who all I met sure. with, but it was not De Niro because um, he was back in New York. He's a New York guy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. With Scorsese. Yeah, doing the mean streets. Uh, but I remember Terry saying, you know, there's this actor coming in. He's fantastic. Yeah. And, but I think he's too old, but I just, you know, he's he's a great actor and we're going to meet with him, but, you know, he's... He, might not he's, be right. It might not be right because yeah. he's just too old for the role, I yeah. think. Yeah. Well, he wa- he walked in. Yeah. And he was the character. <laughs> he just I mean, he blew us away. He you know, I'd been I'd been Holly Sargis, this character for for a month, uh-huh. working with everybody as as I you know, thinking I knew everything about the character and when he walked in and played the scene with him, it was completely different. Oh my god! And it just was, you know, it was just one of those things. Uh-huh. We were, it was a, it was like a lightning strike. So that, he's he's incredible. He's an incredible actor and an incredible human being. He seems like a very decent guy. Unbelievable. So from that, then 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 the big ride begins. Then you get Carrie, right? Yeah. Right after that, mm-hmm. and and how did that how did that come about? Well, how did you meet De Palma? Did he just? You know, there was that during that time. There were all these young directors that that were out here that knew each other, and they talked and they talked about the actors they were working with. Right, that crew. uh, That's kind of the way it it, it was was, like a little club. Yeah, smaller Um, community because they were the new guys. They were the the guys that changed everything. Hal Ashby and Lucas and Spielberg and Mm -hmm. De Palma and uh, you know the you know that whole generation of dudes. So they all knew each other, and they're like, "You got to check her out." Yeah, and he brought you in. Yeah, so that was a, a good place to be. Yeah, but there were, you know, it's interesting how he cast for that for that yeah. film. Yeah, he brought everybody in, and most everybody, you know, we'd all work together. We'd be in the same room. You'd be doing a scene with one character, and then yeah. you'd switch off, and we all cha- exchanged parts. Oh, really? When we tested for it, I only found this out a few years ago, um, I had gotten a commercial for the same day of the screen test. Now, the, all the other actors yeah. were trying out for multiple roles, yeah. and I was only trying out for Carrie, which kind of hurt my feelings a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I got a commercial for the very same day, and I had worked with Brian as a set decorator, well, he thought I was the worst set, decor- set decorator in the universe. What, before Badlands? Before Badlands okay. on a film called, oh, I forget what it was called. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Two films, actually, I worked yeah. with him on because my husband was doing the uh, uh, production design. together. One was Phantom of the Paradise. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And... Um, we had an incident on set where Jack left, and that was before cell phones. And he said, like, just take care of the set. He'd lost his crew the first day. Your, hu- your husband. My husband. Time, and yeah. so he, had, he was stuck with me and my cousin Sam, <laughs> who had long hair and wore a beaver top hat. And, uh, 70s. Yeah, the 70s. Yeah. And we were, he said, just watch the set. You don't, you don't have to do anything. It's all dressed. Everything's done. Yeah. I said, no problem. He wasn't gone 10 minutes when Brian said, okay, we're not going to do this scene. We're going to do another scene. Well, it wasn't that big a deal yeah. because the, we were using the same set. All right. we had to do was paint it and redress it. Yeah. And Brian is notoriously a poker face, and he was there 
watching while we while we went up in flames. <laughs> I didn't realize paint. then that you had to paint something. If you were going to repaint something a different color, you had to paint it white first. Right. Prime and it. Prime it. Yeah. And then paint the other color. Yeah. So we didn't do that. We <laughs> skipped a step and the old color bled through uh, and what was supposed to be one color became magenta. Uh-huh. And it was a disaster. And Brian hated me. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you remember that when you were up for Carrie? Oh, yeah. He oh, did. yeah. He didn't forget a thing. <laughs> but um, I went up. I, I called him. And I said, Brian, because I knew him. And I thought he was my friend. And he, he was. Yeah. Um, he just didn't ever want to work with me as a set decorator again. <laughs> okay. Or in any way. Oh, really? So I said, I got this commercial tomorrow. What should I do? And he said... Knowing he would say, "Oh, sissy, please, you got to come." Because yeah. He said, "Do the commercial." Oh my god! And I'm not going to tell you what I said, but I stayed up all night and reread the book, Carrie, Carrie and uh, put Vaseline in my hair the next day, uh-huh. and you know, didn't brush my teeth or wash my face. I was really disgusting. Yeah. And I went in and did the screen test, and got the part. Yeah. Which was, you know, I thought was of course. Yeah. I'm, yeah. But I found out years later that that the studio hadn't wanted me for that role. They wanted someone else, one of the other actresses that was trying out for Carrie. Uh-huh. And Brian was just being nice when he said, do the commercial, because he knew oh, that they what I didn't know, that they didn't want me. So he wasn't being an asshole. He was actually No, watching. he was watching out for uh-huh. me. I would pref- uh, preferred him to tell me they didn't want me, and then I really would have worked harder. Yeah, it sounds like you worked pretty hard. Pretty hard. Well, that's such a, was such a bizarre, uh, you know, like, like just the distance between like Carrie and even, you know, the, the jump in terms of, of character from Badlands to Carrie, I can see that. Like, you know, these are kind of out there young girls in a way, but different. Um, but like then from to that, to Coal Miner's Daughter was like, that's an insane transformation. So when you do you Carrie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> in, t- in terms of character, sure. But I mean, in terms of like doing Carrie, like as an actress, like how do you, how did you get there? How did you... Like when was it putting the Vaseline in your hair? Was it? I went to that that place that all teenagers spend a lot of time, where you're the victim and everybody hates you, and you, you know you're in, you're locked in your room writing poetry and hating your mother. Right. Um. So you know, and I I actually a lot of things I learned from my husband Jack. Uh-huh. He was he was doing the sets. He was designing. Right. It. And I noticed they had this whole pile of research of uh, um, all the plates, all the doré etchings of the Bible, which are these overly dramatic body positions and people, you know, rolling their eyes and being afraid the lion is coming to, you know, rip their arm off. And I studied those and would try to start and end scenes in those body positions and use, you know, it was that whole biblical thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Piper Laurie, her mother, was such a, right, you know, right. religious fanatic. Right. And, um, uh, so the terror of God. The terror of God. So I kind of focused 
on the physicality. On that, the yeah. physicality and uh-huh. the isolation of it. The thing about Brian was he really knew, you know, he knew exactly what each shot was going to be. Uh-huh. And if you would could work within the confines of the the shots that he had planned, he would let you try anything. Uh-huh. And and it was a it was a wonderful uh, working experience for me. And of course, Piper Laurie, one of the greats, yeah. one of the greats. I, with I that. get I get chills just thinking about that role. Oh like my her. God! Where you know she's just this sweet, mild mannered, <laughs> darling woman. And then when she came on set. And, uh, you know, there was something that just came from her solar plexus, this yeah. strength and power. And yeah. She she was really a gift yeah. to that film. Yeah. And, and now that, like, you say what you say, like that, that expression that you had when once the blood comes, that when they dump it on you and your eyes just kind of like, like it was complete. That was what was in your head is that physicality of those Those paintings. Dore etchings. Yeah. You wow. have to look at them sometime. They're really I kind of remember. Like I, I, I can, I get pictures in my head of something. I don't know them by yeah. name, but yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, just that. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's happened. Yeah. So you would never like. I, I, I imagine. Well, obviously, that coal miner's daughter was the first time you were playing somebody who was alive and part of the process. Exactly. So you know, you got to spend time, a lot of time, I imagine, with Loretta Lynn. We. She was wonderful. I went on the road with her. I, you know, uh, Doolittle pushed me out on the stage at the Grand Ole Opry just like he had her. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't quite ready to go on, uh-huh. but he decided I was. Yeah. And and you, re- she really um, opened up to me about a lot her life. Yeah. And uh, we became very close. She actually she cast me in the in the film she did she yeah. chose you she chose me who, who else was up for it as far as loretta yeah. oh I, every every actress in hollywood yeah. and there were scores that would have been great yeah but she uh you know she'd never seen any of my work it was just kind of one of those things and so uh she wanted me to get to sing the songs. She, and you were, and it, that's great because you're like, I can, I can do that. I can do this. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. then, then, then when they said, okay, you can sing the songs, I was like, oh, oh shit. shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you nailed it. Well, thank you. It's thank like you. it's such a like a, it's such a uh, kind of interesting like the the way that uh, who directed that Michael a- Michael Apted Apted who was who was an Englishman yeah. and he grew up in a coal mining area. Um, of England, yeah, and he didn't bring along any country cliches, right? You know, he was not aware of that. He just brought so it, the coal dust. Yeah, just brought <laughs> a, a pot of coal dust. Yeah, and if you can feel it, every like yeah. all that stuff. The whole... He was he he was he was incredible when mm. he came aboard. It was just everything started to fall into place. And yeah, of course. Tommy Lee was beyond He's brilliant. a Texan too, isn't he? He is. What he an is. actor that guy is. That yeah. must have been something. Oh, my God. He was just an old Levon. incredible. And Levon. And, you know, Levon, Levon had never acted. And I, he was astonishing. He yeah, just he was great. did it. He just knew the character. and He lived it. Yeah. 
and we'd play music. Uh, great, it, great drummer. Oh my God, great drummer, the great best. man. God yeah, bless him. Yeah, and he was in. The, he, then he went on. I guess he did the right stuff. I, I don't know how much long further after that. Remember, he played sort of Sam Shepard's sidekick. I've just been listening to some of that, to the the Dylan record, Planet Waves, oh, which man. recently, man, it's like they were such a great band. He was such great a great, band. talented guy. Yeah. So you you won an Oscar for that, and that like that must have been astounding and amazing. Could you believe it? No, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. But, it, you know, it took a lot of people to uh-huh. win me that Oscar. Oh, it did? Like, oh, oh, yeah. yeah, like Tommy Lee and uh-huh. Loretta and the writer Tom Rickman, who just passed away recently. And, you know, it was uh, Beverly D'Angelo. Good Lord. Great, yeah. Anybody better than her? No, She's nobody's great. better yeah, than her. Yeah, yeah. Do you keep in touch with anybody? Uh, I see Michael Lant. Ted, I've worked with him. I stay in touch with Loretta. I haven't seen um, uh, Beverly in a long time, but I, I try to keep up with everybody's yeah. work. And yeah, Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee, I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, that's so. It's so. See amazing. him on the polo field. Yeah, is he out there doing that? <laughs> oh, he's out there doing that. <laughs> and when so you when you when you win an Oscar, like uh, like that night. I mean, I can't like because like I have I romanticize the seventies Hollywood. That like I just feel like it was a smaller community that everybody kind of knew each other. It yeah. wasn't so much necessarily that they're rooting for everybody, but you kind of like you know you'd see Nicholson there, you'd see all the you know the actors and actresses that were working at the time, and you all kind of knew each other, right? Yeah, and it around. wasn't it wasn't horribly competitive right. then because I think everybody felt like you know we were all working and you got the parts that belonged to you, yeah. and the ones that didn't went to whoever they right. belonged to. So. Yeah. But there was a real, you know, it was an exciting time. There was, I, I think, you know, there was Goldie Hawn and Diane Keaton and Sally Field and, yeah. you know, just just yep. Jessica Lang and Glenn Close. It just was jam-packed. So working with your husband as a director, was that difficult on Raggedy Man? Did you like, you know? It was great. Oh, okay. It was great. Although he said that whenever we looked at went to dailies, yeah. that if I didn't like something, I would scoot away from him. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And when and also like uh, you get to work with these actors of another generation, and you work with um, with uh, another nomination for Missing with Jack Lemmon. Oh my goodness! That guy. That right? guy. Like what is what is it about him? Like he had a lot of range, but he was always sort of this solid kind of like like he's I, I don't like people speak of him so highly because he could do anything, right? He could do anything. He we he'd be telling a joke to the crew, yeah, and then they'd say, "Okay, we're rolling," yeah, and he'd say, "It's magic time," and then he'd do some <laughs> you know intense scene where he'd be emotional, yeah. you know, it would be brilliant, and then. He, then they'd say cut, and he'd finish the joke. Uh, over crew, and he gave me great advice. He said, "You know, you're working too hard. You just like trust yourself." <laughs> that is something, isn't it? Yeah, I took his advice. Well, how were you? Do you think you were working too hard because of how you thought you needed to do it? I would, if I had a really heavy scene in the afternoon, I'd start in the morning thinking, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta get myself there." Beat yourself up. I got to beat myself up and get myself to that emotional place and then, you know, think I could sustain it right. for hours and then I'd be worn out. Right. Uh, By the second take or? Yeah. He'd said, you, you, you've got to trust yourself. It'll either happen or it won't. Huh. 
So that that's sort of like that moment that that yeah, I don't know if it's true or not about uh, about Lawrence Olivier and Dustin Hoffman on the set of Marathon Man, where you know there's a scene where um, you know Dustin it has to be all sort of worn out and he's be- being tortured and he had stayed up for three days, <laughs> right? right? And and, uh, and Olivier walks in with a cruller and his tea and he goes, <laughs> Dustin, you should really try acting. <laughs> I know, but those Englishmen, you know, they're. English men and women, they're, what they're is it pretty about sperta- spectacular. Yeah. You know, they think of it as a job, and they just w- go from one project to another. They don't wring their hands about what they should do next. They just work. And 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 you can tell. Yeah. They just know what they're doing. They have experience. <laughs> they, they're they incredible with accents. It's, yeah, it's, it's bizarre, right? It's bizarre, and it's not a method thing. It, it really, it's like I, it, maybe no. It's they m- hit their marks and do their lines, and they just act. It must come from Shakespeare or something, just from like coming up in that world. But then there are a couple of those English guys, like Daniel Day Lewis, that just transcend everything. Oh well, like, Daniel Day Lewis isn't a, you know, yeah. he and Merrill are in a, on a planet of their own. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. Daniel Day Lewis becomes if he's going to play a, a yeah a, yeah whatever he's gonna play yeah. he becomes that he'll be I for would, maybe a year it's crazy yeah a cobbler a cobbler a butcher it's a blanket but that's <laughs> that's a, uh, yeah that's a, a hell of a commitment right yeah and but it's it's so merle doesn't do that though i don't think and no, i think you're in the same league as meryl streep you well, guys are great thank you thank you uh, that's that's a uh, I take as a high compliment. I, I love her in every way. Did you do films with her? I've never done a film with her. Oh, but I've watched her in everything she's it's done. It's kind of bizarre. It's kind of astounding, isn't it? Yeah, she has a. There's something very luminous about her, and she just transforms herself. It's incredible. Yeah, it's it's some of it must be innate. Like I, I think a lot of actors, uh, you know, the great ones, yourself included. You, you, I mean, you you do have a certain. Obviously, there's a, 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 a talent. You have a natural thing for it. I mean, ha- a lot of you know being a great actor is that not is that you you just can do it because you know I mean yeah. you can't learn that. Right, you can learn stuff to help you. Right, uh, I mean she's so brilliant with accents. It's, yeah. I've never seen anybody got that has a knack yeah. for accents. And I don't know if it's a knack. It's just maybe she's just like w- works harder than the we rest of us. Right. We don't yeah. know. Yeah, Meryl, uh-huh. if Tell you're us. listening, <laughs> we want to know you. how you do it. I am actually doing a joke on stage about her, about seeing her. I was in Connecticut with my girlfriend, and, and she was in town doing something, I guess, but she was just sitting at a restaurant with her husband. And I was just, I noticed it was her, and she was just, I, the, the beat in the joke is like, she's just sitting there eating a piece of bread with a, some cheese on it. And I just got to be honest, it was just brilliant. I mean, really. Nobody could eat cheese on a <laughs> exactly. piece of bread like yeah, Meryl. So natural, the craft. Well, you know, up. the thing about her is she's just a, a real person. Mm hmm. And I think she's plugged into humanity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's also very courageous. And when Donald Trump spoke ill of her, I think, you know, you can yeah. do a lot of things, but you don't talk about Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. <laughs> she you just fuck don't. You. Yeah, 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 yeah. She didn't take it. But, uh, like, when you work on, um, like, this new movie, like, when you work with somebody like Redford at this point, like, do you, like, do you just, 
you look at each other and just know what you've been through in terms of this business and like how long you've been around is there a camaraderie there that just happens naturally at, at this point you know the director david lowry has yeah. uh, is a real he works with all of the same people he has the same cinematographer these had since like eight years right. old right and and it's uh, it's very much like working with Robert Altman. He uh-huh. has a his crew and his cast are people that he's worked with. It was a little um, I was a little nervous in the beginning because I was the only one that hadn't worked with David before. I was the first timer. It's a hell of a crew on that movie. It's, it was almost sad that like you know most of your scenes, almost all of them were just with Robert because you got Waits and Glover oh my God, and Affleck Tom and. And the the uh, Denzel son, like there's this like that loaded up. Yeah, loaded Waits, up. Waits is like too much. I was when I saw. Oh him, my like, god! And that's why I hate Christmas. <laughs> exactly. Did you see that yeah. part? When, I did. Yeah. Oh my god! I only met him. I've been a huge fan yeah. of him for for since the beginning of time. Um, but I only met him as I was leaving the set, and he was arriving yeah. one day. Oh, that was it. Yeah, and we had a nice nice chat did you yeah yeah what a cool guy he is he's a great storyteller great he's a presence. great storyteller and and uh, seems to be a wonderful human being yeah and he's a, he's a great actor really great did, actor did you ever you remember that movie do you remember ironweed with nicholson yeah uh, like he he like he uh waits plays his, his buddy and it was just like he, he i need to see that again a lot of things like that i i've they, they get away from you know, it like yeah. I, that happened to me with um uh-oh there's the gardener. In the, that, <laughs> that happened to me within the bedroom. I'm like, you know, I know I saw that. And then, I, like, and then when I went and looked at the, you know, it on Wiki, I'm like, oh my god, that movie was devastating. Right. It just things like that just become a part of our consciousness. To, oh my god, you and Wilkinson, like, what the? That was crazy. Todd Field, the great director. These really writer directors director. are really something. Yeah. So when you saw that script, were you like, do you get excited about going to that place? So excited. Yeah. So excited. It was, you know, I think we made that whole entire film, which included everything, everybody's uh, salaries and everything for for a million dollars. Uh-huh. And uh, it was just, I was sending my young daughters out to get... set pieces oh really yeah go find us one of these <laughs> go to the dime store yeah. and get <laughs> <laughs> what was this other film like didn't he like... little children oh god yeah oh my god <sighs> yeah i just remember like the end of that of of in the bedroom that that this the sort of after he goes and oh does the thing god. and you know you don't know how you're really gonna be with it but then it was sort of like okay yeah Everything. Is it done? Uh, yeah, yeah. No. You want coffee? Yeah. Oh my God, <laughs> that was a really. Uh, that's that's what an actor lives for is is um, you know projects like that, like Badlands and like Coal Miner's Daughter, and just those ones that you can. I, I love the Straight Story. Also, that's one of my favorite. Oh, it's great. Uh, that was or the, the David Lynch movie. Yeah. Oh my God. But it's really all. It's a director's medium for right. sure. And, yeah. And uh, you know, so it's we're always prowling around looking for the next. Yeah, the great Lynch. director. Yeah. yeah. The but well, they they're the ones that afford you the space, and they're not overwritten, and you you really there's a depth to the character, but it's not hammered out. In you know, like it's not overwrought. So you yeah. have this 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 space to work, yeah. right? Yeah. Do you ever do stage? 
I never did stage. And really, it was a miracle I, I started making films. Yeah. You know, I just was in the right place at the right time, and I got to be that girl. It was that I was kind of every woman. Do you miss doing like, like the, what was the other big, oh, look at me, I'm like, now I'm that guy. It happens when, when I talk to people that have done so many movies. But the, uh, the Crimes of the Heart film, oh, yeah. know, working with a bunch of women, like there's not enough, like I saw like Keaton Bergen and uh, Steen Bergen were in that movie recently, the, the, oh, the yeah. book club. But like, you know, there's not a lot of movies like that. Was That must have been fun to do. It was them. a blast. But you know, that was back in the day when everybody was saying, oh, they're going to claw each other's eyeballs out. Right. You know, that's not the way women. Yeah, who, who said that? I, I don't know. Some weird person. <laughs> yeah. But we t- had a blast. We instead of having uh, motorhomes, they yeah. they rented the house next door to the location house uh-huh. and fixed that up. Dressing rooms for all of us, so we were all oh, there nice. together with yeah. our, with our babies, and our, oh, it yeah. was just heaven. That was the best thing about that was yeah. uh, getting to know Jessica and wow, and, uh, Diane and uh, I just met her. She's Diane. Like, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. It was very she's quick. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. She's like she's our style maven. <laughs> yeah, she's wearing platform she, oh uh, combat my boots. God, when I saw her. She's so <laughs> incredible. And Sam Shepard. Sam Shepard. Powerful oh, Sam Shepard. Oh my God. Oh yeah. He's like, how is he? A nice guy? Superbly nice. Fabulously nice. I, you know, I knew him as a dear friend. Jack worked with him many times. I uh-huh. worked with him many times. And, yeah. Um, so you guys were social all the way through. Yeah, and we we lived near each other, and our children went to school together. So. Oh, that's sweet. Well, I'm sorry he passed. That was that you know, was sad. Sad for humanity. Really was, you know. Time does go by fast. Does it? it? You feel that? Yeah. When yeah. you when you talk it's about weird, it. it's yeah. like now I'm always the oldest one on the set, and when people are treating treating you with a lot of respect on set, it usually means you're really old. <laughs> <laughs> but but also that you're you're great and you deserve to be there. I think it's because you're really old. <laughs> but okay, okay. But but you know you've had you've been able to sustain a pretty amazing career. You know what I mean? It, it, I mean that's that also is why you get respect. Is that not everybody lasts as long and not everybody can continue working? And you seem to you know continue working and doing great stuff. Well, there's a lot of stuff happening now in the business with the TV the way it is. Yeah. There's so there's so many more places to work. And you mentioned Altman. Did you work with Altman? Yeah. On which one? A number of times. Uh, three women. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I did a film that he produced called Welcome to L.A. That right, uh, right. So was he kind of a, a maniac? Like was he? Oh, he was divine. Yeah. He was. He was. Uh, you know, he was an innovator. He's the one that that started. You know, everybody with a radio mic, so you could talk at any time and right. overlap. That was revolutionary. It used to you be. Mean he, he's the one who did packs, like you know, yeah. a lavalier. Like, yeah. Oh, that's how he did it. He was the first yeah. guy. Yeah. He makes was sense. the first guy that I knew of. Yeah. That that did that because he so, loved that, like McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Exactly. Like everybody's talking, and and it really gave it such a sense of reality. You gave yeah. you such a sense of being in reality. Yeah. When you yeah. Were working. And he, he was, was great, but he was a little bit of a. You know, he was a real, he loved to play practical jokes on people. He was a really a prankster, uh-huh. you know, yeah. uh, along the lines of uh, Jack Kerouac and oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Neil Cassidy. Oh, yeah? You never knew what was going to happen? You never knew what was going to happen. And with, but it was always good. Yeah. Well, I mean, he may, I, I'm surprised I haven't seen that film. I just, I don't, like, I know a lot of his movies. I'm a huge fan, but I have not seen that one. 
I got to watch that one because that was like it was oh seventy seven. Hmm, it was good. Good work. Good experience. Good work. Good Shelley Duvall. She's yeah, Shelley Duvall was fantastic. Yeah, and uh, an actress named Janice Rule who was had been a ballet dancer uh, her entire career and then switched over into acting. And what is this? I didn't get to watch the, I don't know if it's out yet, the thing you did with Julia Roberts. What is that? It's called Homecoming, and yeah. I play Julia's mother, mm-hmm. and she does, the, she and um, Shay Wiggum and a young actor named Stephen James, uh-huh. who's incredible. Um, and it's Bobby a, Cannavale, they do oh yeah, the, Bobby. you know, they do the the heavy lifting. Yeah, and it's a thriller. It. Yes, psychological. It's really weird and wonderful. And Sam Esmel, who did, who directed uh, Mr. Robot. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, directed all ten episodes, and he's he's really amazing. It was a it was a a good group to work with. And it's a it's a it's a series. It's going to be like a, a, a it's a, a what it's you- a half hour. Uh, Drama, ten episodes, and half that's hour. it, or is it supposed to go on? It's going to go on, I think, but it's an anthology like uh, Castle Rock. Okay. so it'll be different people and oh, I different, get it. different. I get things. it. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And you just like to keep working. You know, I really love it. It's, yeah. it's. I don't want to work for work's sake. Right. I want. I just love having a project that I can focus on, and and a character that I could explore yeah um that's a really fun thing are your kids grown up now my kids are grown up yeah now they take care of me no mom that's not the way the (laughs) gate is over there (laughs) and do you have horses we have one old horse one foot in the grave the other on a banana peel yeah but we had i think at one point we were we had about 60 horses that we were raising in virginia in virginia is that where do you live by duval i live about uh, forty miles, thirty or forty miles from him. Uh huh. Are you guys friends? Well, we work together, and so yeah, I haven't seen him in a really long time. Which one did you do with him? I did get low. Duvall's another one of those people. He seems to lead a pretty private life, and when he shows up for work, he really oh shows up for work. Yeah, he's 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 like, really spectacular. Do you ever have that when you're acting with somebody where you're just sort of like, oh, look at him go. <laughs> I, you know, it's funny because I always love to watch actors and and watch and and kind of try to figure out their process. Yeah, and it's you know it's it's easier. Women yeah. will usually share right. their process. Yeah, with men, it's like. Um, you know, they're protecting their favorite fishing hole. <laughs> <laughs> Is that true? <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're just going to yeah. mind their own business. Yeah. And, and like, yeah, I guess like some people also are fairly competitive when they're acting. Like there's some people uh, who, who you know, who really want to showboat. Like, you know, I, I don't know. If well, no, that's no. always good. It is good, right? Yeah. I talked to Ethan Hawke about doing training day with uh, with Denzel. You know, because mm-hmm. he's got to play. And he said he watched Denzel movies like he was watching football games from the other team. Like he was like, I'm not going to let this guy devour <laughs> me. That's so funny. Yeah. Sometimes ever... I would be work. I've been I've worked with people before where you're in a scene and you just start watching them and you forget your lines and you can't, you know, you get so pulled in, yeah. drawn into what they're doing. Yeah. That you completely blow it. Yeah. And you got to be like, I'm going to need another take oh, on yeah. that. <laughs> Well, I, 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 it's, it was a pleasure to talk to you. It's a, I, I enjoyed the movie. I'm, uh, it was a real honor to, to go through your life. And uh, thanks for coming. 
Is it over? We don't have to. Where are you going now? What do you got? I thought you might have to go do another thing. I think I do. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I think we covered a lot, didn't we? We did. Yeah. I, I, it was fun. Good. All I right. thought, how are we going to fill up all that time? Then someone said to me, with Mark, it's easy. <laughs> was it? You're, oh, yeah. It was easy and fun. Good. Thanks for talking to me, sissy. You're welcome. That's it. That was me and Sissy Spacek. Again, The Old Man and the Gun with Robert Redford and Sissy Spacek in theaters now. Also look for uh, Amazon's Homecoming that premieres in November. Um, what, have I, what do I got to say here? What do I have to say here? What do I need to tell you now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play guitar with my wrong fingers again. and Because uh, it seems to... Have a it, it, it adds a certain earnestness to it in this fucking echo pedal. Holy shit, man. Right? Tone freaks.